please just keep this family in your prayers. It's, it's never easy when we face illness in our family, and especially when it's somebody this young, and uh, it's just always hard. Our scripture for this morning comes from Romans, Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, and 13 through 17. I read from the New Revised Standard Version. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. In verse 13, for the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For, it is, if, it, for if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, Faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. For this reason, the promise depends on faith, in order that it may rest on grace, so that it may be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you because it's a word that reminds us of our faith, reminds us of where we have placed our faith and what that faith does. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will speak to us as we proclaim this word. Just help it to speak to our need of you this morning and just give me your thoughts to be my own. Pray that in Jesus' name, amen. We're used to gaining things through hard work, right? Isn't that kind of like the American dream? You know, you work hard, you build up, you improve in your job, you get raises, you get a, a more responsibility, you get more education, you keep moving up, all of it in the desire to be able to accomplish something in your life, to be able to obtain certain things. This is how we approach a lot of things. We plan for retirement, we plan for new homes or cars or vacations, we even consider costly medical expenses or other things that we're going to have to incur. We save up for them. You know, we, we try to work for them to have enough to pay for them. Of course, there are times when we don't have enough, right? And unfortunately, there is credit. And I say unfortunately because so many times we go out and put stuff on credit that we can't really afford to have. Anybody been there and done that at some point? Anybody? 
You know, we, we really couldn't afford it, but we needed it, so we, we, we used a card. We put it on credit. The problem with this is that a lot of times we put stuff that we can't afford, and then you end up in a financial hole because you can't pay it. And it doesn't, you don't just pay back what you borrowed, you pay up interest, right? And it gets worse and worse the longer it goes. And so it's kind of this never-ending cycle. We understand, though, how this works. It makes sense to us. It's a system of work and reward, work and payment. You work for something, you get paid for it, and then you use that money to be able to obtain what you want. And normally, the, typically, the, the more you work, the more you can get. It's kind of the kind of thing that it works. So you work, you earn, you spend. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. Anybody done that? You work, you earn, you spend. So then you have to go back and work, earn, and spend. And it's a constant cycle that we're stuck in. And it's something that we're used to. It makes sense to us. It's logical. If you work, you should receive something because you have earned it. You have given of yourself. You've given of your time. You're given of your talent. You're given of your effort. You've spent, you know, your energies on something. And you have earned the right to receive your paycheck. Can you imagine at the end of the week showing up to try to get your paycheck from your boss? And your boss goes, oh, I don't know if I'm going to give you a paycheck this week. We would, we would be up in arms, right? We'd be like, wait a second, I earned that. It's due to me. I deserve it. Because I did X, Y, Z, and we would list everything that we have done during the week, right? We would list all of the tasks that we completed, the time we came in, all the hours that were invested. We would not put up with having to beg for our paycheck because it was owed to us. We had earned it. That makes sense to us. Paul challenges us in our scripture today by simply stating that this kind of economy does not work when we apply it to God. That when we try to Negotiate with God in terms of what we do for God as if in some way what we did for God earned us the right to receive something. The economy doesn't work. Basically, God has always given us more than we could ever, ever repay. He has always blessed us far beyond our means to make it up to him. When our sins are considered, no amount of good works or good deeds no amount of actions or sacrifices or even ascetic behaviors can earn us the right to receive what God has given us as a gift. Basically, we could never pay our debt due to sin, even if we tried. Think of it this way. This would be like trying to buy a ticket to the moon by mowing lawns every week. You could do it your whole life. You probably wouldn't be able to afford one single ticket. It's just too expensive, and you couldn't earn it. Paul wrestles with this issue quite a bit because he comes from a Jewish background based on the law. He understands that in the, 
in the Abrahamic covenant, the people were to be obedient to God, that God asked them to follow his direction, that God made a pact with them and that they were to be his people and he was to be their God, and that everything about that system required them to do things, and, and they did them in a way to try to earn and to deserve God's favor. But when Paul analyzes how that worked in the Old Testament, he comes to the conclusion that there are some issues with it, and he uses Abraham as an example to illustrate it. He says, if Abraham, who was the father of our faith, our ancestor, the one who the covenant was made with, the one who is the father of the nation of Israel, was justified by his works, then he could boast about it and he could brag about it because he did it. He could say, I, Abraham, did it. I brought about this wonderful, incredible nation of Israel. I am the one responsible for the promise of God to everyone. But he says, basically, Abraham couldn't do that because he didn't do it by himself. If you remember the covenant promise, God promised him that he would have an heir and that through that heir, he would multiply his descendants until they became so numerous that you couldn't count them. They would be like the sand and the stars. Do you remember what Abraham did with that promise? He got impatient because he wasn't having an heir and went on and found himself a mistress in his house and tried to have a baby with her so that he could make the promise happen. And God said, that's not the way we're going to do it. I'm doing it through Sarah. I'm doing it through Isaac. I've made you a promise. So many times God promised him things, and you would think that Abraham would just rest on the promises of God, and instead we find Abraham trying to take things into his own hands. You ever done that? Try to take things into your own hands when... You bring it before God, you pray about it, you say, God, here, take it, and then you go home and figure it out. Because you know, you've got to be solved right away. We can't wait on God to take care of it. Abraham did that over and over again. In fact, he messed up more times than we can count. He, he made his wife to pass off as his sister because he was afraid of Pharaoh. So many times he, he wanted to do things in a rush because he wasn't willing to wait on God's timing. So he had nothing to brag about because he didn't make the promise or the covenant be fulfilled. It was God who did it all. If Abraham had been the one making it come about, then God somehow would owe God, uh, Abraham would somehow owe God for making it happen. But it was the other way around. A man who could not have children with a woman who was barren were given a child. Only God could do that. Only God could facilitate the miracle of bringing life where there was no life and of providing a way for Abraham to have descendants. 
Now, we know that if you work, you deserve a paycheck from your employer for your work. You've earned it. But if somebody gives you a gift, you know you don't have to pay for that. You know you don't have to earn it. Gosh, you don't even have to deserve it. People give you gifts sometimes, and you, don't, you feel like you don't deserve it. You shouldn't even be receiving it. There's a funny story about two neighbors. They happened to move into the neighborhood at the same time. They decided that they would welcome each other to the neighborhood, so one neighborhood brought over small casserole, and the other neighbor was so moved by that that he brought a little bigger casserole to him the next day. And this went on for several days until they were bringing grocery bags to each other because they were trying to outdo each other in giving. They didn't understand that the gift that was being given did not need to be repaid, that the gift that was being given was given out of love and appreciation, that the gift that was being given just needed to be received, just needed to be accepted, just needed to be used. Someone gives you a gift, you don't owe them anything. But how many times do we receive somebody from something from someone and immediately we think, oh, I need to do something nice for them. I need to somehow repay their kindness. I need to somehow get even with them because I owe them now, because they've done for me. Paul argues that at times the Israelite people kind of did that, and Abraham tried to do that at times, but he was not justified by the works that he did. He was not justified by the actions that he took. He was not justified by his obedience, even though he was obedient to God, like when he left his father's house. He says, Abraham was actually only justified when he believed in God and it was counted for him as righteousness. When he placed his trust and his faith in God, that's when he was receiving the righteousness of God. It was when he believed in the promises that God had given him, even though he didn't see how they were going to come about. In a culture that is based on a work ethic like ours, where things have to be earned and obtained through hard work, it's just hard for us to accept something free. You ever feel unworthy of God's love? or God's grace, or God's forgiveness? Ever feel like you just don't do enough to deserve all of that? Truth of the matter is that it doesn't matter how much you did, you'd never be able to repay the kindness or the love of God. You'd never be able to repay him for what he did on the cross. You'd never be able to repay him for sending his son into the world to live and die and be raised from the dead for you, all we can do is accept the free gift of grace that comes through Jesus Christ. We need to learn to trust that that gift is enough. That the God who created out of nothing justifies the ungodly and counts their faith as righteousness. 
Paul goes on to affirm that it wasn't Abraham's actions that made him the father of faith. It was actually his faith that made him that. It was his trust in God. It was him being able to see beyond the natural of what was before him to what God had promised, even though he didn't see the fulfillment of the promise with his own eyes. You know, sometimes we, we go to that place where we say, I'll believe it when I see it. That's not faith, folks. Faith is believing in that which you have not yet seen, you have not yet received. It's believing in the promise of God and knowing that if God has promised it, he is faithful and he will fulfill it to the end. Because Abraham believed the promise of God, he received the gift of God's mercy and grace. He received the descendants that God had promised. And the nation of Israel grew to bring about the Messiah. It was all part of God's promise. And I know it's hard for us to accept God's free gift. It's hard to accept sometimes that God has forgiven our sins when we hold so closely to them and blame ourselves. You know, it's the enemy that accuses us of our sin. It's the enemy that continues to remind us of it. God puts it as far as the east is from the west. He removes it from us, and he remembers it no more. It's such a relief to know that God doesn't have a little black book on you so that he could remind you of all of your mistakes. But one of the things that I think comes to us through Paul here is that God did not do everything that God did so that we could spend our lives trying to repay him. He did what he did so that we would accept the gift that we have in Jesus and so that he could be in relationship with us. That same promise that he made to Abraham, I will be your God and you will be my people, is the same promise that God is still making to us today. He's still inviting us to accept his promises. You know, even the act of having faith in God is a gift from the Holy Spirit. We couldn't even have faith in God if it wasn't for God enabling us spiritually to respond to the overtures of his own Holy Spirit. But Abraham had a hard time receiving the promises. He had a hard time accepting that God had it under control, and so he tried to do it himself more often than not. And we're not that different. We often try to take it upon ourselves to do things rather than trusting that God has them under control. You know, sometimes we forget this is the God who created the universe out of nothing. The God who knows everything before it happens. And the God who knows what we're going to need along the way. God, uh, Abraham had to learn to trust God as he went through his journey. And it took some time, but he began to understand what we are to understand today, that if we just continue to love God and accept his perfect gift in Jesus Christ, 
He will continue to make a way forward for us. He will continue to lead us. He will continue to guide us. And he will continue to provide for our needs. It's important to understand that it's not that what we do doesn't matter. It does matter. But not for the reasons that we might think. What we do matters not because we can earn our place in God's kingdom through our actions or through our works. It matters because it becomes our testimony to those around us of our faith and of our trust in God. What we do becomes an act of thanksgiving and of praise and of recognition that God has already done it all on that cross and that all we are doing is sharing that good news with the world. What we do matters, but it matters because it becomes evidence of faith. It becomes a testimony, and it helps those who don't know Jesus come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. We believe, and when we believe, it is counted as righteousness. End of story. We don't have to do anything to deserve it. All we do is out of thanksgiving and appreciation and praise for the one who's done it all for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your grace. I thank you for your free gift, O Lord, in Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, because... We know that we just can't earn it. There's not enough things that we could do to deserve everything that you have already done for us in Jesus Christ. But you have loved us so much that you have given us the opportunity to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be given a new life in you, and to be able to live our lives in ways that bring you glory and praise and honor. Help us to know, Lord, that it is through the righteousness of Christ and through our faith in Him that we come to salvation and that we just need to trust that Jesus is always enough and that Jesus is there for us. I thank you, Lord, because you came to save us. You came to bless us. You came to give us life. And you're there for us every single day. Thank you for being so faithful to your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar is always open if we want to come for prayer. If you've been spinning your wheels trying to earn it, trying to deserve it, feeling like you can never be good enough, the altar is open for you. We'd love to pray for you this morning.